Hey guys, welcome to Scale and Bell with John and Ben. Before we get started, I want to talk about our sponsor, UCAN, who you guys have heard about. Uh, ben and I talk about quite often on the show. We're actually both big fans, but I've been using it kind of in a special way lately, and I thought I would just uh, talk about that to give you guys an idea of how you could apply it to your own life. So I've been doing kind of longer workouts for me as a master's athlete, usually a little over an hour to hour and a half on a regular basis. And uh, UCAN is really helping me power through. And there's three reasons for that. Uh, the first one is the complex carbohydrates uh, in the bars just give me a steady energy that helped me avoid crashing. And uh, for those of you that do long workouts from time to time or any kind of endurance training, that's really important, uh, particularly if you're lifting like I've been doing. Once you get to the end, you want to make sure you have enough energy to get through those lifts. And so that's super important. Uh, the second one, and this is really important when you're lifting and it has to be easy on your stomach. And this is, you know, if you've ever had GI issues and you're lifting, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but this is, you know, really easy to digest. And uh, I honestly, I don't even notice it, which I think is also important. And then the third one, you guys have heard me talk recently about kind of the nutrition changes I've made in my life in 2022. Um, and so this is important to me. It is little to no sugar. And that's a, a big piece, um, you know, just to know that, you know, what I'm burning is what I want to burn in the gym. And uh, yeah, I think just, you know, kind of end to end, it's been perfect for me to get through these long workouts, kind of meet my nutritional needs, keeps me from, uh, you know, having hunger cravings and and avoids crashes in the middle of workout. And it's really kind of perfect. So you can go to youcan.co and save 20% with our code SCALE. And uh, you'll love it. And if you have questions, just shoot us a DM. We'll be happy to give you recommendations. So with that, off to the show. Ben Jawalski, what's going on? I'm on my backup computer. Uh, we just got done five hours of video filming. So I'm, I'm ready for a podcast. I'm ready to, to talk about mental strength. You, uh, before we get into that and introduce our guest, you, you seem different. Are you more mature? You're like more mature somehow, like maybe older. Are you older? Me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Yesterday was my birthday. That is correct. <laughs> Happy birthday. People found out somehow. Thank somehow, you so much. This is the benefit of knowing people in the wide prep team. I get all the inside track on everything that's going on in your life. It's perfect. Yeah. I celebrated by um, actually filming a mental strength video course and working a very long day. It was great. But we had great Nepalese food to wind down the day. So, And you're forgetting a big piece. Well, and I introduced Don to Pickleball as well. So Pickle Prep, I mean, I already have the domain name. How do, you, do you think I did well? You crushed it. I crushed it. Crushed okay, it. So I'm, I'm the world's leading pickleball coach. All right, so save me edit time. Make sure you guys stay close to that microphone since you're on a different computer than normal. <laughs> get as close to the mic as you can. Just get in there and just shout out your answers. As we I, will, yeah, I will literally yell as loud as possible so that you can hear me. Well, I can, I can still fix some of it in post-production, but, you know, it's still tough. Don, how are you? I'm great. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you, too. Are you helping Ben be mentally tough as he's aging and feeling like he's ancient now? I am doing my best. It's a, it's a hard task for We've Ben. We've had a good time. We've had a good time. Two full days. I think we're pretty much done. Two full days of work. It must be really tough. Then, I mean, I don't, Ben, have you done two full days of work? In oh, how long's it been? It's been a long time, man. Woo! Yikes. Exhausted. I'm exhausted. All this work. How do oh. you guys do it all the time? 
Dude, I haven't seen you in like two weeks because you, I, I forget where all you went, but every time I talked to you, you're like, oh, I got to go snowboarding. Now I got to go out with the guys who are mountain biking. Now we're going to no. go climb Mount Everest. Like, what'd you do? What, what were your last two weeks like? What were you doing? So the most recent podcast failure on my part was uh, we had it scheduled. I went on a fly fit. I gifted my brother for Christmas. And I think it was also a birthday present. I like to combine things. Um, I gifted him a fly fishing trip. So he came out and was visiting and we went on a fly fishing trip. It started at like eight in the morning. So I assumed most fishing trips are like an eight hour guided day. And I'd be back in plenty of time for the, uh, for the podcast we were going to do. Well, we get there and we have no service from the middle of nowhere, Colorado. And Little did I know we were fishing until 7 p.m. and I have no way of contacting anyone. And thank God, like I was able to squeeze like one text through. Like I'm like holding my phone out as I'm like casting the fly rod. I was able to get one text through. And I think Liz like was able to reach out to you and cancel the meeting. But uh, I felt really bad. But then I soon after feeling bad, it was replaced by me catching the biggest fish of the day. So all of that went away and I felt great. Well, then you're forgiven then. You're totally forgiven. Fly yeah, fishing the fish and then what? Me. Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you do up to fly fishing? I mean, it's still been two weeks. What was your next non-work adventure? Oh, the next non-work adventure. Well, this was definitely work was a backcountry snowboarding trip. Um, also in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, where I had to use a satellite phone to communicate to people, but that was fun. That was, it was supposed to be fun. I'll call it more mental strength building. It was the, the epitome of doing hard things for the sake of doing hard things. And it was challenging. We were basically, we were seven miles deep from the trailhead and it was blowing probably 50 miles an hour, almost the entire time, absolutely freezing. Like the, the whole hut, it was at a backcountry hut and the whole hut would like kind of like creak because the hut was made in the 1800s. Like it was, it was pretty rowdy, but we had a good time, sat by the fire. We talked about life and read some books. It was, it was a good time and got a little bit of snowboarding and skiing in. It's good. Did you, uh, at any point, have you squeezed in the quarterfinal workouts? Have you done any of those? Obviously I cherry picked the one workout that I wanted to do. Um, because uh, I actually wasn't around for the quarterfinal workouts, but I was able to make it in for one of them. And it just so happened to be the weightlifting one. And I almost PR'd all three of my lifts having not worked out for like three weeks. So it was great. You've got the perfect strategy for CrossFit. Just don't do any of it for like three weeks at a time. Just drop in for what you like and then just bolt. It's perfect. It's been working out, but honestly, like in all seriousness, I've had a lot of fun getting outside. Like we've had some really nice weather recently and there's times where I'm like in the gym and I'm really focusing and I'm trying to develop weaknesses and and things like that. And really trying to be a student of CrossFit. And there's other times where I just like not doing anything inside of a gym and just being outside. And I know Don can relate to this. She used to compete a lot back in the day. And now it's like, whatever I can do outside of the gym, that's kind of what's fun for me. So it was really cool to almost PR my clean to maybe PR my overhead squat. I don't think I'd ever built to one rep max. Um, and then I, you know, almost PR my bench. Like it was, it was crazy. And it was like refreshing to be like, Hey, you don't have to beat yourself up every single day to improve. You can take a little time off and then come back refreshed. That's good, man. That's real good. 
Yeah. I hate, How I hate every day I'm in the gym, but I just keep going back for more because I'm a glutton <laughs> for punishment. Did you attempt any of the workouts? Not a one, not even one. I, uh, wow. I didn't, there's no, was no reason for me to, I, once, um, the open was over, you know, I, I think I told you I started hard work pays off programming. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that for a couple of weeks. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to give it a legit go and see how it feels. And it's like a million squats every day. I swear to God, it's like, I almost feel like Frazier programmed the stuff to get back at me for all the memes I made of him. Yeah, over, for sure. like, he literally just sat there and goes, Oh, this will screw this little guy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and he's right. It's killing me. Like it's a lot of squats. He's building some tree trunks, but it's interesting. Like it's far different than I, I shouldn't have gone in, I guess, with any preconceived notions, what it was going to be like, but, um, it's certainly attacking my weaknesses for sure. So that's good. Yeah. It's a lot of rowing too. Like really surprised at how much rowing is huh. in there. I wasn't, wasn't anticipating that for some reason. It's a lot of lunges and, you know, maybe it's just the cycle I'm in right now. The thing I like about it though, and I think you'll appreciate this. It's a lot of percentage work. Like mm-hmm. A lot of percentage work, kind of everything is percentage work. Uh, like even today was, um, a bike, uh, workout and, um, I, it was based off of 70% of my max from a, a, uh, 20 minute test I did a week ago, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's interesting, you know, you just put in your maxes and then most of the workouts revolve around whatever percentages they've got you working. And it's, uh, it's challenging to say the least. It's wiping me out a little bit, but I know you love the the numbers and percentages and math things. That's like right up your alley. Well, it's, so it's weird because they don't actually tell you what percentages you're working. They just put the weights in. I was talking, hmm. I had, we had, uh, Sammy was on the podcast last night with me and Nikki and we were talking to her about this and she's like, yeah, people are kind of, <laughs> people are, are asking to get the percentages back because they don't know what percentage they're working at. I'm like, well, I can re- reverse engineer the math. It's not hard to do. It's just, you know, it just takes a minute to figure it out, but it's kind of a pain. But um, I do like, I like the math of it. It's just a much higher rep scheme than I'm used to. Like, I'm an old dude. I This is why we come up with scale and bail. I like my little five by twos, gently increasing weight until I get to my last set and then I'm good, <laughs> you know. This is like one by 10 already at 70% and then one by eight, one by six, one by six, one by six, one by six, you know, and you're increasing the whole time and it's big jumps. And by the time you're done, I'm just like, Oh, I think I might die on this last set, you know? Nice. Um, but you know, sounds I mean, like fun, man. <laughs> well, we have different definitions of fun, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's getting there, but this would be a good conversation tonight then about getting mentally tough because I've, Certainly had moments in the last, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty mentally tough person, but I've had a couple of moments in the gym the last couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready for this next set. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready to move on. Maybe I'll just go upstairs and have a drink, you know, whatever you do. Yeah, it's so. when you're that close to the fridge and the the <laughs> liquor cabinet or you probably have a room for it i'm imagining um it's it's tough dude you you know you come up you know you go i gotta take a bathroom break you come upstairs and you're like do i have to go back down there no i don't have to but you get to hmm? we talked about that earlier i know i you know that's uh, that's one of my favorite phrases so introduce our guests and then let's jump in yes So uh, to my right, uh, viewers left, depending on how it works, uh, is Dawn Fletcher. She is uh, formerly known as Mentality Wad. That's what I remembered uh, her being. But now it's 
Dawn Fletcher of Driven Mind Training, and she has been coaching people on their mental performance for 15 years. At least I'm getting up there in the age, yeah, I guess. That is crazy. So 15 years, uh, she has coached athletes from all across the spectrum of, you know, of everyday athletes like you and I, all the way to high level games athletes. Um, and she is here because we just recorded a, a new video course called Strong Mind. And it's literally a course. It's one of Wad Prep's most requested programs about Ben, how do I develop mental strength? How do I develop grit to attack these workouts? And yeah, that's why she's here. What did I miss? Don, tell us more about you. Yeah, I started coaching CrossFit in late 2007, early 2008 in Baltimore, Maryland. So we have that connection too. And then I moved out to San Diego to get my master's degree and wanted to stay in Southern California because that's where all the CrossFit stuff was happening at the time in like 2008, 2009. So after I finished my degree, I started my website and started blogging on mentalitywad.com and just put out, my goal was to put out a tip a day for a year. And it took a year until it started to gain some traction. And, you know, I started to get clients, develop programs and some online offerings. And it's crazy to think that I've been doing this now for so long. She's a master of her craft. Yeah. Do you miss those good old days? Like I, you know, I started in 2011 and I miss the good old days where you could just go to the journal and put in your score, you know, and people were bitching at each other about their scores on the journal, but you know, there was none of this like toxicity you get now on the internet. Do you miss those days at all? I miss them so much. Just being at like the local, like sanctionals, 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 sanctionals competitions and, you know, texting Dave and just having the like community, you knew everybody in the community and it was so cool to just feel like you were part of something that you knew was probably going to get big, but like, you know, you didn't know how big or how it was going to transform. I, yeah. There was zero corporate vibes none, back then. Zero. So it was, yeah, it was really cool to be part of way back when I got some opportunities with HQ that allowed me to get started, get my foot in the door. And, you know, I still love the shit. It's, it's crazy. And I, I've told the story before, but um, when I started in 2011, like Ohio, much like California feels like it was kind of a hotbed of CrossFit, like a lot of really talented crossfitters live here and uh in 2012 was Panchek's first year and he was training at my gym and that was the year they'd do seven minutes of burpees and i forget what his score was but i want to say it was like north of 158 like it was a ridiculously high number of burpees and people were going into you know in those days you didn't have a leaderboard they just post the scores and then people could comment under scores and i distinctly remember because nobody knew that who the hell he was People just going in going, there's no way this is real. This is a fake score. And we're as members, we're all going in defending this guy that nobody's ever heard of, you know. People are warriors, baby. Yeah, it was just like it was the beginning of like what it's become now, but it was just such a different time then. Like nobody knew who Froning was really. And and you know, to your point, like all those guys I think were really accessible. It was such a small sport, you know, it seems big now, but so small then, like I, I hear so many people, you know, texting Dave as an example of, of something that's just like really easy to do. It just seems unheard of now, you know, such an innocent time. For you know, sure. In the days before Dave blocked me. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, you could probably still text him. See if he can just unblock a Rooney you. Te- text him and uh, tell him the meme guy said hi. See how that goes. We had a positive relationship. I was lucky. Yeah, you may want to keep that relationship. Yeah, maybe um, don't pretend that you're talking to him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
And so I remember mentality wise. So what was the genesis of that? Like what made you want to, you know, make this kind of your life's mission? I guess is I was always really intrigued with sports psychology and learning about the mental aspect of performance. And then when I found CrossFit in 2007, 2008, I was like, Oh my gosh, like maybe like these worlds can collide of psychology and mindset. And then the more I got into CrossFit and started coaching, no one was really doing it. Greg Abinson was talking about it a little bit at the time. And I was like, I kind of have a different vibe than him. So let's just see. And people were doing blogs. That was kind of what you did at the time. And I just thought, Again, let me give this a year and see if I can combine my passions for CrossFit and for psychology and just start putting tips out there and see see if it goes anywhere. And it did. I mean, it went and I guess it went well enough for me to keep doing it. Yeah, you're still here 15 years later. Well, now it's like 10 years. <laughs> okay, 10 years. But yeah, like 10 years later, still being able to do this. I, I just have always had a real big passion for mental performance. And the more I learn about it, the more fascinated I am about it. And it's just one of those things I can geek out on all day. And I pretty much do. And I get to do that for my job. So it's really cool. And it's crazy because I remember reading some of her blogs and like seeing that she had an online course you know, seven, probably eight years ago, where I was like, oh my gosh, like people are doing this online thing in CrossFit. Like maybe I can do that one day. And it's like, it blew my mind when uh, CJ, who we've had on the, the podcast multiple times, um, he works like one of his athletes who's gone to the games also works with Dawn. And then he's like, oh yeah, I can introduce you to Dawn. Like she's awesome. And then like, we've, met and hung out at a couple of different events, cheering on this athlete and a couple other athletes. And then, you know, we just realized like, oh my gosh, we're cut from the same cloth and we need to combine forces and do something uh, official at the Watt Prep headquarters, record a course or something. So it's just, it's weird how this community is kind of small. It's not as big as we think it is sometimes. Oh, it's very small. <laughs> well, a- and only a small group of us has really persevered for a long time through the changes and mm-hmm. still still feel passionate about having a business in the CrossFit space. And I'm one of them. Yeah. It's, it is a very interesting community in that way. It's like, you know, six degrees of separation. You, you know, I, I, if we spend enough time on here, we could probably list off dozens of people we both know and have met over the years. Just yeah. I think it's like one degree of separation, like in this community, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I love the, the, topic of mental mindset though because i've made the joke forever that uh they should put antidepressants in protein powders because crossfitters seem to get depressed so easily over the dumbest things like like a bad open score is a good example and i realize people are passionate about the open but it's a really good example of you know you don't get the score you want next thing you know there's an instagram post it's like six pages long about yep. you know how you know sorry you let your whole family down over this yeah. you know, wad of overhead squ- overhead squats. How have you been helping people with that over this time? Is that like is that something you typically try to help people work their way through? Yeah, the sport attracts very like minded individuals who um, have a lot of perfectionist tendencies and want to be good at everything. And maybe they're used to being really good at something, but coming into the sport where you're trying to get decent at everything is very unique. And so with that type of mindset, it sets you up to be disappointed and frustrated a fucking lot. And that is definitely something that I work with every single one of my clients on is learning about themselves. And that, again, those perfectionist tendencies that you really have high expectations that you want to be good at something and great at everything almost right away. And if you're not, that's really tough for you. And how do you work through that? Because it's not easy. It can send a lot of people on a downward spiral. 
is it a series of steps you have to send them down to do this or is it just a, a mindset shift that has to happen over time? Yeah, it doesn't always happen instantly, but recognizing that it's very normal and then beginning to learn about yourself and build that awareness about some of the tendencies that you might have that are keeping you stuck or really setting you up for that failure helps because talking that out, you realize, wow, this is really common. Other high, high level athletes have this too. And you begin to learn about yourself and then you got to go practice and go practice those techniques and strategies that help you move through not being great all the time. And the better you are at that, then the better you'll be at our sport, really. Like, I remember we talked about, um, like, when we were identifying, like, what steps were there to, like, move forward from, let's say, uh, you missed, you failed to qualify for whatever. Um, Open's a prime example. It's like, failed to qualify. What's step number one? Uh, and the first thing was, like, recognizing and allowing yourself to grieve a little bit, right? Yeah. And, like, allowing yourself to have the grief, but then after, do about it. after right. we've focused on that, then it's moving on to, I remember it's, it's all about like, what can we control? Yeah. A lot of athletes really, it helps them to have that space to be able to have healthy processing around their emotions and what's going on for them because they put, they put all their eggs in the basket, a lot of people for CrossFit. So it is really like devastating and disappointing when it's not working out or it doesn't go how you want it to. And that's their reality. I mean, it's not my reality. Like, you know, if I miss an overhead squat, but if that was something pertaining to my business, that would probably really impact me. So I get it. Just giving them that, that space to have like a safe place to talk through their shit is really helpful. And then again, getting back to what they can control and what they can influence and helping them redirect their focus so that they can like get back on a path to progress is really important. And like one of the things that I remember us talking about was it like, all right, so we've grieved step. The next step is what can we do about it? What are things that are in our control? And process goals are a big part of that. So not just like, okay, next year we're going to do better. That's a pretty lame goal. It's like, can you talk a little bit about like what specific do you have an athlete do to identify like what's the new point of aim? What's the new um, goal that they're going to strive for? Yeah, we often start with their habits and we go through like their core habits, everything from morning routine to evening routine, sleep, nutrition, hydration, self-care, and make sure that they're optimizing those things because they're going to have the biggest effect on their ability to perform. And after those controllable factors, we, yeah, we, we start to break down their performance and look at their weaker areas and identify specific goals that they can measure, assess, get on a program and a plan for so that they have like these little, these micro goals within their performance to know that they're on a plan towards trying to get better. Do you, do you find that athletes struggle to acknowledge reality? Yeah, like, I think we all do. <laughs> well, I just, I find it interesting. Like, the, I, you know, I was talking to Frazier a few weeks ago and, and one thing he said really struck me hard. He said the worst, one of the worst moments in his career is when he finished second, yep. second, right at the games and how that weighed on him. And he went and attacked those weaknesses. Like, so, it, you know, he, my point is he immediately acknowledged that he didn't ever want to be there again and was going to do anything within his power to fix it, which I think is a really strong mental attitude. Like, it's just, it's a really unique trait that you only see in, in really, really special people where, which he is, but, you know, as you're dealing with these athletes, like, you know, it, are the majority of people opposite of that? Or is it, is it, I, I don't even know what the right question is. Like, I, I always feel like I'm mentally strong enough to go, all right, I know I suck at this, so I'm going to go fix it. But I'm always intrigued by the people that can't even see their own faults. 
I think it has a lot to do with your level of passion and then your level of desire for it. Like obviously Fraser so passionate about CrossFit and being the best. And so he's going to be more resilient than somebody else. So, you know, it is the athlete's reality as, you know, and for none of us to, I guess, judge, but it is their reality that like second is the worst thing that could possibly have happened to him because he loves it that much and wanted to be the best. So I guess it just matters like how much you care about it, you know? And I think like another thing to note is like one of the tips uh, we just recorded a video recently uh, where we talked about the tips uh, to like actually start to develop mental resiliency is to strategically work on your weaknesses. Like it takes a mentally strong person to say, I suck at this. So I'm going to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Most of us like naturally like to add this padding around our lives where it's like, I suck at that. So I'm going to feel like I have a backache today and not go to the gym. <laughs> and we like make these, right. we, we self-rationalize these excuses. But you know what Frazier did is he's like, I suck at running because that was my worst workout that year. I'm going to be like, I'm going to attack this weakness. And that's what, you know, Tia Toomey has done and all the greats, Rich Froning, when he fell from the rope that one year and lost to Graham Holmberg, like literally just because he couldn't climb a rope. Guess what? Now he's the best rope climber in the entire world, right. as far as I can tell. And it's just like, it's amazing that like a truly mentally resilient athlete is someone who is able to be honest that they're not the best at certain things and then do something about solving right. it rather than just, oh yeah, I suck at this. Like, oh, well, which is what a lot of weak-minded people might do. So here's, here's the thought, like, uh, and no offense to the listeners, but the people listening to the show are not the Frasers and the Fronings of the world. They're, they're the scale and bailers, the really average masters athletes. I hope they're above average, but you know, just, they're just good old fashioned CrossFitters. Does the approach you take to mental toughness change for like the everyday person like myself than it does for an elite athlete like Ben, for instance, or is it, or is it totally different? It might, there's some variance, just like a cue that I might teach you for an air squat might be different than I would show Ben. So there's certainly some variance in the coaching so that you can make it applicable to the person that you're working with. Um, it totally, it, that's why it's so important to get to know somebody and build that trust, build that rapport and so that you can gear your coaching towards them. But the principles are a lot the same, just the styles might be different, you know? Well, and on that, I remember us talking like back in the very beginning of the course that we just recorded, it was like, the number one, the first step out of all of it was identifying your why. And the next step was like creating what are the five values that you want to embody as an athlete? And my guess to answer his question is like Frazier's why and his values are very different than anyone listening to this podcast, including mine, where like his why might have been to be the greatest of all time and dominate everyone to the point of causing them tears. That might be, that might've been his why, yeah, right? Sure. Very different. But for, but my why is going to look a lot different. John, your why is going to be different. Don, your why is different. So like, I imagine that's where a lot of times the elites are going to be very different than like the average person who's just like, Hey, I'm just trying to get better and be a good example for my kids or something along those lines. Well, I'm just trying to figure out like, you know, the average athletes that are going to listen to this, like I'm trying to figure out their why right? Like most of them aren't trying to compete and, and, you know, what's the advantage for an everyday athlete like myself that goes to the gym five days a week, but I'm never going to compete. I'm just trying to stay healthy. Like 
why is mental toughness important for someone like me? I would say I would try to find out why are you trying to stay healthy? Is it for yourself and your longevity? Is it so that you can do the things that you enjoy, maybe to engage with certain relationships in your life and to kind of understand why this pursuit is important to you? And if for some reason it was taken away, how would that change your life? Would Do you feel like your quality of life or your the value of your life in some way would be different or less than? Um, like we talk about a little bit in the program, we're all chasing in some way or another meaning and fulfillment. So what does that look like for you to have a meaningful life or a fulfilled life? And in some way, CrossFit's part of that. Again, maybe it's the community, maybe it's the enjoyment, maybe it's the stress relief. But once we can tap into that, we can understand that um, how it matters to you and why it matters to you in order to keep you going on that path, because it's something that uh, you carve out time for. If you carve out time for, then then I would say it's important to, to you to keep going. I just, and, and better, I just want to have better abs than Ben. That's really not my goal. <laughs> and hey, right now, I, I, especially with the donuts that I got yesterday, shout out to Rebecca. Thank you very much. She's my dog sitter. <laughs> she sent me an entire box of donuts uh, yesterday. That was incredible. Um, on that note uh, earlier, um, oh my gosh, what was the point I was trying to make? I got distracted by donuts. Oh, it was um, like... With athletes identifying this purpose, John, you asked, like, why should we have mental strength? One of the reasons we should have mental strength is because I don't care who you are in life. You are going to run into major obstacles Mm -hmm. and you can either be ready to be resilient for that obstacle, whether it's an obstacle in the gym or whether it's just everyday life, like things are going to happen that you aren't going to have planned for. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really tough. Practicing that mental strength and resilience, you know, outside of that, just that one time when that pops up makes you prepared for when bad things happen, like bad things happen to your family. And if you've been preparing to be resilient, you're going to have a lot better chance of doing it. If you're just waiting around for something bad to happen to you and you have no preparations on how to deal with it, then it's going to be a much harder time. Making me nervous, dude. I feel like I need to knock on wood now or something. Um, Tragedies are coming. It's it's that's but it's true. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'll be transparent. I'm a very transparent guy. Like I have, like someone in my family literally just passed away this morning, and I also have someone else who's potentially going on ICU soon. And that's mm-hmm. like that's life. And like it's while it's not necessarily my life that's being affected, it is in in some way because I love them dearly. But it's just like. You don't know when you're going to be the one that's uh, in trouble, whether it's, again, like a figment of our imagination. We're in trouble because we didn't make it to the finals of a specific competition or like actually in trouble. Like, right. <laughs> like the other night, someone tried to break into my house, like crazy things are happening. But mm-hmm. it's like these are things we can never plan for. We don't plan for. When for, did this yeah. happen? I didn't hear any of this when somebody tried to break into your house. This is like, or this, he was like a drunk Uber Eats guy. Yeah, we couldn't tell if he was just Uber Eats, very confused and also a little Snoopy, or I'm pretty okay. sure someone that was uh, potentially yeah. looking for packages or something like that. I was on my phone, my ring notification pops up, and it's like someone's at your front door. And I'm like, that's weird because Uber Eats already delivered. And wait a well, wait a minute. And I looked, and it was definitely a guy like looking in my window, like snooping around. He walks back to the back. And I just like go and meet him there and I turn on the lights and I call the dogs and Murphy, like spoiler alert, if you try to break into my house, Murphy will kill you. Like he will. And I was just like, can I help you? And then he was gone. So 
Anyway, that was cool. Sticked Murphy on him, huh? That's nice. Oh my god. Well, of course, I the first thing I do is Murphy, come here. And he's just he's down, down in the basement where she's staying, yeah, just, just laying on the bed being out. lazy. And then I was like, Murphy, go get him. And that's his cue. And he just like <laughs> jumped up and started barking. It was it was great. That's why I have an attack cat. It's great. <laughs> I have Bean. Bean will get him. He ain't doing shit. He's just sleeping. He'll, He'll meow all over that bad guy. He will growl, though. He growls. It's really intimidating. It's the funniest thing you've ever heard. If you've never heard a cat growl, oh, my God, it's worth the price of admission. It's the funniest thing you've ever heard. I'm going to YouTube that immediately after this call. It is so good. It is so good. You know, the thing I always see people uh, get back on topic. uh, The thing I see people that really struggle with, or I get a lot of messages from people on her injuries. They never seem to... Like when it happens, maybe it's because they're unprepared. You tell me, but when it happens, they're like, now what? You know, because they, you know, it, it, people just assume they need all four limbs to work out, I guess, or, or whatever, you know, like, you know, and, and you, you know, to some degree, you, you know, you, you'd like to have your full capability, but how do you help people through injury? Like, that's a hard thing, I think, for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah, I think people's expectations are certainly skewed that they think they're supposed to feel 100% all the time. And that's like baseline. And that's, again, that's that's not a healthy expectation, especially not in the sport or a pursuit like CrossFit, where most likely you're going to be a little bit under-recovered, under-rested. Your body's going to be achy, sore, maybe injured. And it's getting really used to how do I continue to show up and be the person I want to be in the gym, in my life, in spite of the injury, sickness, or setback. And there's still plenty you can do to stay on track. And it's just about adjusting your mindset, creating new goals, and making sure you're surrounded with a support system that'll keep you on track. Yeah, like what's one, uh, I guess, like for a more concrete example, um, like, I guess you don't have to use names, but like an athlete who recently got injured or recently had surgery, you know, like what? what's your, what do you what are you telling her or him that they need to do to actually still make progress? Yeah. Having a, again, a healthy outlet to make sure you're talking through the emotions that are involved with that. Cause a lot of people won't understand that. And then we get right to creating some new goals. Hey, if your shoulder is out right now, what can you do to create the strongest lower body possible? Or how can you create some new goals on a C2 bike or whatever it is so that you can use this injury time to actually become a more robust athlete as you rehab and get better with your shoulder. So that when you come back, you're actually grateful for the time that you had because you, you like used it to your advantage. Yeah. I remember There's just you so s- much you can do what, no matter what. Yeah. I remember you saying earlier that like you said some of the, the best athletes mm-hmm. actually like, they are find some way to take an injury and turn it into like the best thing that ever happened to them. It's like having, I think there's a mindset that is in with that. If you think you have a, an injury and you're like, my life is over, like my career is done. And it's like, all right, well, that's not going to help you anything. But if you have the mindset of, I have this injury and it's my left shoulder. Well, guess what? I'm going to make sure that my legs are tree trunks. I'm going to work on my lower back. I'm going to work on my abs. I'm going to, maybe get my right shoulder really big. Uh, you know, like there's things that you can do. Be just straight up Popeye, man. Um, there's things that you can do. And the people who are able to seize that are the ones that see that progress. I've been, I've been injured twice uh, in my CrossFit career. Career is in air quotes, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, the first one, I strained a bicep tendon and that sucked. Like that was the hard one. Of the two, that was the harder one. And it was the amount of time it took for it to heal 
that was the most frustrating to work through mentally because it wasn't a, you know, like I had range of motion in some directions and not in others. And so there were some things I could do and some things I couldn't. And it was just so frustrating. And it went on for like nine months, maybe a year almost. And that was the hardest thing I think for me to mentally work through was like, you know, how do I deal with that? But then the second one was a knee injury. I just tweaked something and it just hurt like hell when I would squat heavy. And truthfully, that was kind of the beginning genesis of this kind of scale and build journey I've been on of learning that I've got to, you know, quit going into workouts with the the mentality that I was going to destroy my body. And I had to start thinking, you know, more smartly around what workouts look like. Um, and I think the second one I came out of far, a far better person than I went in because I learned and, and haven't been in, injured since because I don't make that mistake anymore. Like I learned from the mistake and now I, you know, I've learned how to scale and how I learned when I need to take days off and, um, you know, just, I don't do dumb shit as often. I still do just some dumb shit. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's not as often, not as just often. the right amount, just yeah. the right amount of dumb shit. Everyone should do the right amount of dumb shit. Well, you became a wiser athlete and that's the whole point. I mean, if you can make better decisions on your athletic journey as you, as you progress, then you'll continue to improve. One other thing I want to talk about, you guys said it, it reminded me of something you said it off the air, but it reminded me once I used to train at, uh, ironically, uh, cross at CrossFit mentality, kind of like mentality wide, uh, with Scott Pancheck. And we had a really tough workout one day. I was getting my ass kicked by the way. And he's a good programmer and his workouts are hard. And I forget how far into the workout we were, but he was, he was like shouting encouragement. And he said like, right in the middle of the workout, he goes, start telling yourself you get to do this, not that you have to do this. And I was running. It was a, had a lot of running in it. And I just remember out there, you know, I'm not a great runner. So I'm chugging and I sound like a Clydesdale, my you know, feet are hitting the pavement. And I started telling myself, I get to do this. I get to do this. And at some point, like, the light flipped in my head and all of a sudden the workout didn't seem so bad. It was weird. Like it was a really weird moment. And after the workout, I went over to him. I'm like, what is like, why does, why does that work? You know? So I'd rather hear from you though. Why does that work? Choice autonomy. That's really why that works. We like to feel in charge. We like to feel in control of what we're doing and reminding ourselves that we get to, we choose to, is is something that's really empowering. And also, I think it's a gratitude appreciation thing of, hey, I might not be great at running, but I have legs. I'm out here running or I'm in class with these people. I'm in this environment with this encouraging coach. It's kind of that combination, I think, of gratitude and appreciation that you get to do something that maybe it is hard, but you still get to do it. It's better than a lot of situations you could be in. And also that like autonomy of choosing to like, there's probably nowhere else you'd rather be, even if it does suck. Well, I like to complain in a workout. Don't get me wrong. Like someone told me the other day I'd built uh what'd they say to me? I, I built my identity around complaining. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> my entire That's identity. So accurate. That yeah. person knows it so well. Yeah, it was really funny. And I laughed at it, although they were trying to be insulting. And I said to them, I'm like, actually, I think I've built an identity out of perseverance because I've been doing this for a decade. Like, you know, you can be you can sarcastically complain and not really be complaining and still be talking about the realities of how hard this is. Like, 
you know, but if you continue to show up, there's a difference between complaining and persevering, which is what I think I do. Maybe I balance, you know, straddle the line between <laughs> complaining and persevering, but I thought that was funny. That's my new identity is complaining. So Yeah. And it's, it's one thing uh, we talk about self-talk. Like we talk about like things you can do for mental strength before the workout, during the workout and after the workout and during the workout specifically, you know, it doesn't always have to be like rainbows and butterflies, right? I remember you saying that for you, Don, it's like, yeah, sometimes I, I like, I give myself like shit talk or pep talks, like, come on, like, you know, you can do this, like suck it up. And like, that works for some people. So, so it doesn't always have to be this like beautiful, soft, like you can do it, buddy. To me, that makes me want to gag and throw up. So um, you can have that bit of like, sarcastic edge um and it it can work for some people but you have to identify what is going to help you succeed you know what my number one self-talk is this is god's honest truth my number one self-talk is you've been here before that's it where i'll be getting my ass kicked in the middle of a workout and i'll tell myself i've done this before it sucks it hurts i know it's likely going to kill me but I've survived this before. I'll survive it again. And I can't tell you how many times it's gotten me through a difficult workout. Like, you know, hundreds, like hundreds of times it's gotten me through the worst workouts ever because I've experienced the worst. You know, Dom, what, 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 do, you, what do you do? What's, yeah, I'm I going to go around in a circle. What, <laughs> what's your mid workout go to? And even like, even other things that are not mid workout, I love to tell myself it's not that bad. And because for me, I think like, even whatever I'm doing is not as bad as it always could be, whether it's being in war or being in the in a worse situation or like a terrible environment, no matter what I'm doing, I always think like, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like I could feel terrible. It could be so hard. Like it's still not that fucking bad, <laughs> you know? Like, so that for some reason always helps me when I get in the ice bath, I start, I either say, find peace, find peace, find peace. Or I say, it's not that fucking bad. It's not that fucking bad. I just keep telling myself. Yeah. I, um, I love that. Um, so mine, and it's a bit personal, but mine's a a version of the, I get to do this. Um, and basically anytime I'm feeling like, sorry for myself for complaining about a workout or another run. Um, I actually remember I have three specific people that come to mind. I got Steve, David, and Ryan, all three of them are my friends. All three of them have passed away within the last seven years um, since I started water prep actually. And all three of them uh, at one point were like my training partners, Um, uh, whether it was like just kind of like loose friends or really close friends. They were my training partners, fishing partners. Uh, They were people that were close to me. And I can tell you right now that they would really love to still be here and to give every single ounce of effort they could into that workout. So, and I know it's silly for me to you know, bring their death into my whatever workout for the day. But it's true. We get to, like, we're living a life that's so privileged. And, um, and it's amazing that we, we literally get to practice stressing our bodies because we don't experience enough stress in our lives naturally. And that's something to like really behold because, uh, yeah, the fact that we get to go to a CrossFit gym and, and sweat really hard and, and bitch and moan and complain, like, yeah, there's a lot of people who really, really wish they could do that. And to me, I just remember my friends who I know would, would love to be there with me. Yeah. 
Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's silly. I mean, like it's a hallmark of CrossFit, right? We all do Murph every year, yeah. you know, and I can't like, I, I have reverence for Murph. It was one of the first workouts I ever did. And it's the one workout every year that I go into that literally just wipes me out. And every year I do it without fail because I, you know, I'm just kind of the same thing. I get through, I'm halfway into it and I'm like, it's not that bad comparatively what other people suffer. It's not that bad. You know, and, and you just do it in remembrance of others. What was yeah. your self-talk Ben, when you told yourself you had to work 16 hours this week? Um, uh, let's see. Um, well, it's mainly, I, my, I was realizing that yeah, if I can get through this work, then we can go snowboard tomorrow morning. Oh, there you and go. That's what we're going to do. Cause it's about to snow 10 to 15 inches. And guess where Don and I are going to be during day three of our video shoot, <laughs> Damn not, nice. not shooting videos. Cause we got it all done. Nice. I agree. I wrote myself a little pep talk on the plane on the flight here because I always like do that before I'm about to engage in something. And I'm like, all right, why are you doing this? What matters to you? And what's going to keep you going? I'm like, oh, we're going to have a damn good time. And then we're going to get to go skiing. Let's wrap this up. Perfect. Well, make sure Ben charges the electric car this time. Cause every time I'm with him, we're stranded somewhere. Cause he, he rents these little Fiat's that have a range of like 30 yards. And, uh, you know, like they run a little nine volt battery, you know, it's terrible. That was a great story for Austin, but luckily the particular electric car that I have now has plenty of range. Uh, we will get to Winter Park and shred some powder tomorrow. It's going to be great. Look at you, shredding powder, driving the Tesla. You got the life, man. I'm so jealous. Uh, I'm stuck uh, in Ohio looking at gray skies and like half snow on the ground and wilted grass. Come to Colorado, man. You need some. You need some altitude in your life. I need to. We. I'm visiting. We, we live far different lives. There's no doubt about that. I need Come to hang out. out. I know. Well, Don, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's. I always find this topic so interesting. Like the, you know, mental toughness and and fortitude and and working your way through whether it's workouts or just getting better is always interesting to me because it it affects people so differently uh before we wrap up where can people find you online where can they find your courses you know how can they link up with you yeah drivenmindtraining.com drivenmindtraining on instagram i have a mindset training program that's goes to through sugarwad the app and a bunch of other ebooks products coaching webinars on my website very cool. And then you guys, how soon is the course coming out, Ben? Uh, if I had to guess, it's probably a May, May, June timeframe, depending on how quickly we get it edited. So it's going to be awesome. Late spring, early summer. And basically the way that we organize it is that it's, uh, you watch like a little nugget video every single day. So like a five to 10 minute video where we talk about one specific lesson with regards to developing mental strength. And then you have a little bit of homework to do like in a PDF and, and then each day kind of builds on itself. And it's, it's 20 total days. Uh, it's right. Is that yeah, right? Weeks, yeah. So it's four weeks, five days per week. So Monday through Friday, and then we give you the weekends off, uh, you know, and also to apply what you've learned. So we're super excited for it. Wow. People are going to be excited. They get a, a day with Ben every day for 20 days. Can you imagine I, how annoying that would be? I, I absolutely actually can. I can. Yeah. yeah, actually, we spent some time together, man. I My know. dog is probably the only other humans on Earth. Uh, or the, they're not humans. Wait, that's not right. The, my dogs are probably the only other living creatures on Earth that spend more time with me than you do. 
Well, we have the games coming up too. And uh, we got bunk beds, right? Maybe we do. We're going to do, we're just going to walk around and flash our abs at people. It's going to be great. I got to work on them because I, I see know. yours. Yours are strong, man. We're going to, we're going to do a comparison. This is how I'm going to get back for that woman saying she liked you better than she liked me. Just yeah, that was back. a great story. Um, yeah, we'll have an ab off and we'll let the, we'll let the people decide. You can't let the 51 year old beat you on an ab off. There's no I'm going to starve for two weeks going into it. It's going to be great. Really healthy for me. That's a good plan. Good plan. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us. Super fun. Ben, great seeing you as always. Enjoy your next vacation this week. <laughs> Can't Hopefully. wait. Hope it's great. For everyone listening, we will uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Chat with you soon. <laughs>